Hey, Upper Room family. Michael and I shared this week a message near and dear to our hearts about freedom, that Christ came to set us free, and the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in a daily walk with Jesus, how it brings us into freedom from any darkness and any oppressive force. So I hope it blesses you. I hope it provokes you to look to Jesus to set you free and um, fill you with His Spirit afresh and anew. Bless you. Yeshua HaMashiach. HaMashiach. That's amazing. Thank you, Daniel, brother. Really uh, grateful for him and Pastor Stephen. Um, so, hey, we, we're going to just share. Uh, we've been on uh, a three-week uh, getaway as a family. Um, we take time off, to, not always that long in July, but just to get refreshed. But we are uh, <laughs> we were like, what do we want to do Sunday night? And we thought, let's both share. <laughs> and so um, we really uh, sense God's heart tonight um, to set you free. Do you know that, that you have access to everything that you need tonight to be free, to be wholehearted, that Jesus Christ paid for you to have a whole heart, Um, that there should be nothing that you should be enslaved to but him. And the journey of knowing and following Jesus uh, is a journey... um, living from that place. Uh, I think sometimes in circles like ours and in meetings like ours, there is a massive emphasis on the moment. There's a massive emphasis on getting freed now. And I believe that you can be free now. And I believe that you have to walk out that freedom. That Freedom isn't a one-time transaction. It's not just something that you received long ago. It's something that you receive each and every day. And especially, uh, you know, sometimes we become so familiar with the things that we're enslaved to that we don't even realize we're enslaved to them. We just think this is the plight that I'm dealt, or the cards that I'm dealt, or the plight that I have, and that things can't change. And I want to tell you tonight that things can change, that Jesus paid so that you truly could be free. (laughs) You, all of you. And so we want to just process that tonight. I think we have about nine, nine, uh, keys to freedom, nine things that make you free. Uh, They're all centered in the person of Christ. They're all founded in scripture. And they're all things that uh, I personally uh, have to have day in and day out. I love that you're saying that because I was sitting here meditating, thinking, man, I, I believe that in in walking with Christ, you have 
you have massive moments of freedom, like you said, like now moments where you might be in a service like this, you might respond to an altar call and you have a massive moment of freedom where the Spirit of God comes and you get free of something. But I also was thinking, even while we were on this time away, how the Lord, how there were things that I had, I began to have some anxious thoughts about different things and how it was the Lord's voice every day listening to him, his word, that led me into freedom and leads me into freedom every day. How it is a journey. Mm. How it's walking with him. Mm. Who wants to get free tonight? Like, <clears throat> it's for freedom that he, that he, he came. And I think one of the, the, the truest forms of worship, you know, Jesus defined worship in John 4. Remember the, the Samaritan woman? And how did he define worship? He said the Father is looking for worshipers that worship in what? Spirit and truth. So the first two ingredients to freedom are the Holy Spirit and truth. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? So the Father is looking for worshipers that worship in spirit, truth. The Father's looking for worshipers that have been liberated by spirit and truth. He's looking for those that return hearts that have been liberated by spirit and truth. And they present those hearts to him. Look at what you've done. Look at what you're doing. Look at what has become of your work that is inside of me. And, and so I, I, w- I want to just talk about those two ingredients starting out. The first one is the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit. There is a freedom that is only found in the Holy Spirit. Oh, no one said amen to that. There is a freedom that is only found. It is only sourced by the Spirit of God. It's not sourced by you not doing something or you doing something. It's sourced by a person living inside of you. It's a reality that he empowers. Um, I'll let you share. You know... I think it's important, especially when we, you can be in sort of a charismatic environment. And I, do you guys love our dancers? Yeah. I, I love wherever they are. I love y'all, and you make me weep every time you start worshiping. Um, and that is freedom. That's an outward expression of freedom. But but this is a freedom that is an inside job. Freedom is an inside job. Paul and Silas were in prison singing hymns in the middle of the night after they had been beaten almost to death because they're free. So freedom isn't about what is around you, what's circumstantial. I think about Stephen being stoned and being, having the freedom to look up, see heaven open, gaze upon Jesus and say, Father, don't hold this sin against them. He was so free on the inside that he could forgive what was happening in that and it's it's abiding in that place where you're abiding by the ways of God yes. holding tethered to the spirit of God to the truth of God 
this freedom's an inside job. And so when we talk about freedom, man, we're, we're constrained in so many different ways in life. In different seasons, mm. you're constrained, but there's freedom on the inside. Ah, oh, there's nothing like it. Yeah. 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 Remember when I first started following the Lord, um, I, I had like uh, a list of things I could not do, and, and I did most of those things, <laughs> especially before following the Lord, because I grew up in a setting like this, and I, I, not like this, but I grew up in a church, and, and I, I kind of put my faith off to when I was older, especially in my late teens, early 20 years. I thought, I'll take it serious later. And, uh, and then I, I had a pretty dramatic encounter with the Lord, and, and my life was altered. Um, and, and a journey began because I showed up to the Lord pretty broken. Uh, I, I, was, I just had a past, and you guys have probably heard me share a little bit just uh, of sexual brokenness that I came to the Lord um, with. And so when, when, I, when I met the Lord, I, I was liberated in, in a way, in a sense. Uh, I began following him. I began serving him. I began diligently seeking him. Uh, uh, two years into it, um, I had done a mission trip to Australia. I came back. I got hired on at a church. I was a youth pastor. And, and so my, my, my discipleship process began. But about three to four years in, uh, to me following the Lord, um, I woke up one day and it was like the lights in my head just turned off. And uh, I, I, uh, over a period of weeks, I realized that, that I just... I was melancholy. I was uh, lethargic. I um, had a hard time getting up. And, and I was talking to an elder at the church I worked at. And they said, Michael, I, I, you're describing the symptoms of depression. I was like, how could I be depressed? I'm not depressed. So I fought and I worked harder. And um, then I would have what I would know to be a panic attack like a true on panic attack. If you've never had a panic attack, Larissa has never had a panic attack. Panic attack. Uh, I've had a few in my life. Um, a panic attack is like sitting in your car internally. It's like you're sitting in your car. The car's in neutral, but the gas is to the floorboard. It's like that's happening in your soul. Something's overriding everything. And I began to go into a season where I was having panic attacks. And I went back to that elder and I said, I think I could be depressed. I think I'm filled with anxiety. I think these feelings have been familiar for a long time. What should we do? <laughs> and he had really no idea. He referred me to a counselor and that counselor actually told me some of the worst things a counselor can tell someone. Uh, he said... He said, you, you have, you're clinically depressed. You have obsessive compulsive disorder. You have, and he labeled me a couple of things that psychologists label people. And he said, I don't know if you can ever be cured of these things, but we can manage it with medication, exercise, diet. I remember leaving going, oh my gosh, is this my plight? So I went back to that elder and I said, this is what this guy told me. I think you were right. What should we do? And uh, he took me to a meeting similar to this. Uh, it was like a speakeasy 
for the tradition I was in. You had to like knock on the door and they would let you in and search you and then come in. And I remember it was worship and people were lifting their hands. I'd never seen that. Prophecy was taking place. But it was in this setting that I would meet the Holy Spirit. And what I learned about my personal freedom is um, I had thought that I had forgiven myself for what I had done in my past. I had theological grid that the Lord had forgiven me for what I had done. But the fruits of my life, the hidden pornography that was still there, the emotional dysfunction, I began to connect some dots. And you see, I, most of my life, had lived with a guilt that produced a shame that resulted in me living in condemnation. And here I am three years into following the Lord, and the Lord in his mercies revealed this condemnation through anxiety obsessive compulsiveness. And I began to look back at a root of self-hatred because of things that I had done. And I wish I could tell you that in that meeting when someone prophesied over me and told me things that they could have never have known about my life and about my past, that I was instantly set freed and never walked in condemnation and shame again. That's when I was 23 years old. I'm 44 today, believe it or not. And I have been walking out now 21 years of learning what Christ paid for so that I could be free. I'm just as in need of the Holy Spirit today as I was when I was 23, filled with OCD, depressed, and filled with anxiety. I didn't graduate onto bigger and better things. I've just grown in my understanding of what Christ provided for me and what the Holy Spirit will source my life with, and it's freedom. It truly is freedom. And I believe that condemnation, shame, and guilt are actually a spiritual pandemic that's plaguing so many believers in Christ because of sexual brokenness. And I believe many of you need to hear that you can be set free from sexual bondage. that You can be set freed from condemnation and shame of things that you've done in your past. That oftentimes anxiety, panic, fear, obsessive compulsive, depression are rooted in spiritual matters. Do you want to talk? I was just going to say that, you know, I, I've never had a panic attack, but I was tormented from the time I was 14 to the time I was 24. Um, by just thought patterns and behavioral patterns that followed my thought patterns. Like familiar thoughts? Yeah. Unhealthy relationships with men. It just so, so insecure. So, and I, it, it consumed me and I knew I had a problem and I went to counselors 
And I'm not dogging counselors. Go to a counselor. But don't go to a counselor and not know the Holy Ghost. Because I went to a counselors, multiple counselors, who could diagnose, who could help me find, this is why you're like this. And I'm like, I know. I know. I'm just well aware. I know what happened to me here and why. I believe this, this, and this. And yet, the freedom... It came with his, with his spirit, which for me came with a, a surrender. I'll do whatever you say, however you want to have your way. And it meant a massive, for me at the, at, at the age of 24, a massive act of forgiveness. A, 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 a choice to forgive, a moving in forgiveness in a, what was very painful for my flesh. But it, but the forgiveness took out the stronghold of bitterness and fear. And it was following his voice. It was his presence that said, it's yeah, time that's to what I was going to ask. The Holy Spirit is the one that highlighted It was that. the Holy Spirit. And for all that time, for a decade, what's wrong with me? I want to get better. And I would try to do things in my own strength to be different. And I would just end up in the same place. But it was his voice. Mm. And it was me finally saying, okay, I'll do anything. Mm. Which, would, which would be where the spirit of the Lord. Lord. He was Lord. I let him be Lord. Mm. And I, uh, you know, and he's still Lord. I could still, guys, today is Sunday. If I'm not tethered to his voice by Thursday, I could be in a hole. I could be in a hole because his voice is still the voice, yeah. the spirit of the Lord. He's still Lord for me today, tomorrow, the next day. That, like you said, you don't graduate from it, but it's this freedom that he's always providing because he's always there and the enemy is always prowling, seeking for a time to steal and to kill and to destroy and to lock up and to bind and to hurt and to damage and to lie and to accuse and to condemn. And yet the Spirit of God is there. And we just, we, we have a choice. We have a choice. But I just felt like tonight the Lord, there's some of you that aren't awakened yet to his voice. And tonight you will be awakened to the voice of the Lord and surrender to the lordship of the Holy Spirit in your life. It, it, it truly is a choice. Um, you know, to be a slave, I, I was looking up definitions in, uh, sometimes I just, you know, words to me are so important that we understand the, the, what they mean. And to be a slave means to be legally owned. And the spirit realm is a realm of legalities. Meaning you make choices that open doors or close them. They can open the doors to one realm and close the doors to another or open the realm to one realm and close the doors to another. And like unforgiveness of others, unforgiveness of self, unforgiveness is massive. And when we walk in unforgiveness, we close the door to freedom we close the door to the Lord and we open a door to the accuser. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard the phrase, I don't know who said it, but you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it 
hurts the other person. It, it's toxic to you. Uh, but I, I think, I think self-hatred oftentimes is rooted in us not rightly forgiving ourselves. It says to love your neighbor as you love what? Yourself. And there's, there's this vertical love that we give to him, but there's a vertical love that we receive from him that we have to give ourselves, especially when it comes to shame and sexual brokenness. I just think that's so, so crucial. And so um, in ways, if you have uh, unforgiveness, if there is um, you know, sexual brokenness, but also sexual transgression, you are enslaved. And we have to rightfully come under the truth, receive the truth, walk in the truth to know the freedom that he's purchased. So the Holy Ghost is the first ingredient we wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think while we're talking about doors and legal doors, I think one that's just popping up to me as we're talking is just doors of substance abuse. I, was, I had a conversation with someone the other day about why is marijuana, why is it different than alcohol? Well, it's different because there are demons <laughs> attached to it. What do you mean? I'm saying that when you give yourself over to being, you can't measure you can't measure, you don't know what it is that you are giving yourself over to be influenced by. You don't know what that is. And you, you, there's a door now open and you think that you're just playing with something to relax you or to whatever. And you're playing with something demonically influenced. Right. Yeah, the... the the, uh, you know, the, the Greek word for witchcraft is pharmagia. That's where we get the word pharmacy from. And one of the most dramatic encounters I had spiritually actually before I gave my life to the Lord was when I turned 21. And a friend of mine gave me, um, oh, good. Um, is she out of her room? Okay, good. My nine-year-old was here. <laughs> We're just maybe not ready for that talk yet. Oh, there's other nine-year-olds in here too. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to tell her about this soon. Uh, but um, someone had given me a drug. I'll just say it that way. And, uh, and, and it involved uh, hallucinogens. Made you hallucinate. I'd never didn't really know what I was taking. And, um, and an hour later, I was in the back alley uh, by myself, and there was a voice, and I still remember the feeling, I remember the sound of this voice, and the voice was saying, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it. And for the next, like, several hours, I thought I was in hell. I thought I had died, and I was in hell. And I was tormented, and all I wanted to do was get home, to my roommate, and um, is this being live streamed? Yep. I don't think it is, is it? Oh, it is. 
freedom, freedom. Hi, mom. You know, like, what's up? But, uh... <laughs> You're 44. I am 44. I know. You're 44. Thank you, babe. I am. No, I, I want to be, be transparent. We want to be honest and real. We don't want to play church. Like, you can miss it. But all I wanted to do was get home to my roommate who was like, in my head, he was like such a good dude. And the guys I was running with that night weren't. So I came home and I like thought my, would like hug my roommate. I'm crying. I, I think I tried to give my life to him. Like, <laughs> take my life. I mean, I was just, it was, I was really messed up, but I, I, for several days after that, like I was having to process what happened and I didn't know who to talk to. And, um, and then like two months later, I, I had a dramatic similar encounter with the Lord himself. Um, he, he came into my apartment, spoke my name and my life. Anyone that knows me would testify my life has never been the same since May of 1990. I believe it was eight. Um, but as I started studying and I saw that pharmacia witchcraft, I said, that's what happened to me that night. I opened my soul up in the demonic realm and my soul became a playground, literally. And they tormented my soul literally that night. And the enemy totally overplayed his hand because I ended up giving my life to the Lord, you know, several weeks later because I literally got the hell scared out of me. But I just want you to know that like, when you're dabbling with those types of things, like you're not just getting high. I think Larissa is right. I think you are opening your soul to a dimension. And I would say drunkenness, same thing. I mean, I would say getting high. I would say, um, you know, there's people addicted to prescription pills and all kinds of stuff. Like, uh, I, just, I just want you to know that those substances do open your soul up. Um, but if you are addicted to a substance, it's just an indicator that you need to really ask some questions about what's underneath that. These are fruits that are coming from a root that I believe Jesus wants to uproot. Yeah. And, uh, and so we have, I mean, we have, we have I, 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 however you can get freed. Like, I hear people bash on inner healing. I don't know why. I think there's weird forms of it, but we're not operating in that as a house. We have a really pure form of it in the way that Charlotte and the team administer the grace of Jesus. Because some, some of you need a sermon. Some of you need a song. Some of you need prayer tonight. Some of you need to go sit with someone and process what your soul's been through so that you can administer the grace of God to those areas and truly uproot them so that you can be freed. But it is for freedom that Christ came. And the Bible says this. It doesn't just say you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's in there. That's, that's John 8, 32. That's what we always quote. Brother, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the scripture prior is John 8, 31. Can you put that up? Check this out. Just the Selah moment really brings it. There we go. So 32 is, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But 31 is, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But knowing the truth is about continuing 
in the word. What does continue mean? I looked up continue during worship. Continue means this. Continue means to live, dwell, or lodge. If you lodge yourself in the word, if you live in the word, if you dwell in the word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Freedom is choosing to lodge completely and wholly in the truth that is the word. And Jesus says, that's a disciple of mine. What's a disciple of mine? A disciple of mine is one who's continuing in the truth, which means they're continuing to live out in the freedom that the truth and the spirit provide to you, which Jesus says, oh, there's a worshiper. Oh, that went right over some of your heads. But it's important. Your spirit really enjoys it. We need truth. Like when I was depressed, for example, I met the Holy Spirit, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, started this journey, you know, like my faith went from black and white to living color. But then I took my issues and I said, Lord, this doctor told me that I would never be healed of depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic attacks, like I wrote it all out. I said, this is what he said, what do you say? If you said, I continue in the truth and the truth sets me free, then what does this say that contradicts what he said? And so I started searching and I was just like, okay, I am going to choose to believe what this says. I'm going to continue in the word. And I kid you not, I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Never forget the day I read this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I read that verse in my apartment, living by Grapevine Mills Mall. I know exactly where I was. I know I was in the corner suite at three other roommates. Remember, it was a Tuesday afternoon because we all went running Tuesday mornings, and I had had lunch, and I was sitting there, and I was bringing myself to the word, and those That sentence leapt off, but we have the mind of Christ. And I thought, Christ's mind is not depressed. Christ's mind does not have obsessive compulsive disorders. Christ's mind does not have panic attacks. And I said, I remember I ripped up those words and I said, Lord, I am not going to believe this word. I'm going to continue in that one. So what happened? What happened? Was it like, was it like instantaneously the you know, Angel Gabriel came down and anointed me with oil, and uh, you know, Todd White and Dan Moeller came over, and like all of a sudden, you know, upper room worship came on. I, I, no, it wasn't anything like that. It was a willful decision that I made. And I remember the next time panic came knocking on my door, which it did, I said, Lord, I'm not going to walk by feelings. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to continue in faith. I'm going to live by faith. Did I have a panic attack again? Yes, I did. But did that invalidate this word? No, it didn't. Can I tell you that I cannot honestly look at you and say, this is the last time I had a panic attack. I cannot remember the last time I had a panic attack. Can I remember times when I felt uh, heaviness, depressive-like feelings, those types of things? Yes. Those are real. I had some of those on our vacation as we detoxed. I was going through a lot emotionally. But what was I doing? Lord, this is my source. 
what is it, that I'm a pastor? <laughs> I'm married to Larissa, that we have beautiful family and kids. That, and that's not what frees me. I'm eating this up. It's the same solution today. And you know, I think that something beautiful that happens to us is we begin to not feel shame or condemnation, but we begin to boast in our weakness and go, wow, this thing, now that, that, that maybe I have a propensity, maybe I have a weakness, but this thing that the enemy has tried to get at me from the time I was tiny now has become the thing that always thrusts me into the presence of God, that I'm like, oh, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, oh, this weak area, oh, I'm boasting in Jesus and this thing. And they become the things that tether us so close. Because from the moment that you read, you, but we have the mind of Christ, from then on you're tethering closer and closer and yeah. closer to the person who is truth himself. And there is no, there is no freedom outside of being close to him. There is no truth outside of knowing him as revealed in his word, as revealed in his presence, as revealed in his nearness. There's no, there is no freedom outside of that. Mm. You don't receive freedom and walk on. <laughs> you walk with freedom himself. He's just constantly, he's just, I just see him like with this big old keychain, and he's like, oh, what's coming at you today, honey? Like, I'm unlocking that one. I'm unlocking that. But he's the one who's got it. He's got the keychain. He just got them all. He's just like, eh. But I I don't have them. He has them. He's my man with the keys. Always. The middle school janitor that has that massive key can open up anything. One of the roles the Lord plays. Oh, that's so I funny. I mean, one of the things I was meditating on was, was how um, the Word says that we have every spiritual... Why am I blanking? I just got so excited about those keys. We have divine power. Every, every spiritual every. blessing, everything oh. I need that pertains to life and godliness. And so any moment when I'm like, I'm feeling weak, I'm feeling deprived, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling, it's like... I'm, I'm going to lean into this. There's access for me at every moment for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Every fruit of the Spirit is mine in Christ. And it's in your face, Jesus. It's in your nearness. It's in your voice. It's in your rest. It's in his, and he's constantly, I mean, there's things that he said to me that, that were a little bit, you know, maybe painful that are like, hey, Larissa, you've, you, I need to realign you in this. This was wrong thinking. You were in a wrong thinking, wrong way of thinking that led to wrong behavior. And I'm realigning you with my truth in this. Mm. The way you see yourself in this way or that way. The way you relate to your kid in this way or that way. And it's his correction, but it brings freedom. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's on you, Lord, not me. I'm sorry I took that on. So the Holy Spirit and truth renew our mind. Your mind and the way that to you To freedom. Yes. Yeah. That's helpful. <laughs> it really is. We, uh, he is the agent that imparts the mind of Christ to you. It's the very presence of God, his nearness, that makes that a reality. It manifests it to be a reality. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice, and then we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, by the power of the Holy Spirit, day by day, moment by moment. But you can't know Him without knowing His Word. It's all intertwined. And I think one of the, one of the snares that we may get uh, 
we may get caught in, especially in Dallas and and in this generation, there's you have so much access to information. You have so much access to revelation. Revelation comes relatively easy. You want revelation? Well, Google whomever. And so you're listening to something that, that is truth and sounds right, but just because you can say it doesn't mean you actually possess it. It's something you have to own for you. It's something that you have to go and, and mine the heart of God. It's, it's one thing for me to say it. It's one thing for Larissa to say it. It's an, you know, another thing for name the preacher, name the 60-second click on TikTok where they're saying, don't swipe up, and you're listening to it, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. I really needed to hear that. But we live from these hallmark, like, TikTok, Instagram reels, and that's not the Lord. And my fear is that there's a generation that's just being... <laughs> has these little injections of dopamine that feel good, but there's little transformation that comes from that revelation that someone actually mined for that your mind, but it doesn't transform your heart. Like when you're sitting with the Lord and the Lord says something that you've heard a thousand times, but he says it, it's like you're hearing it for the first time. You walk out of that place and you go, oh my gosh. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He just told me in there, he's Lord. Oh. When you walk with that type of thing, you get on TikTok and you say, Jesus is Lord. You know, you're that voice that a generation does need to hear, but you've got to hear him say it. You've got you to gotta have those things that are yours in him, that personal history with pages and a book. Like, get a highlighter. Just start highlighting. Start like, not because you have a microphone, but because this is the way that we know him. Like, oh. we got to get freed. We just live in an hour where evil is being called good and good evil and it's just a weird, slippery slope that you can get on, and we've got to be self-aware. Um, I think there's a number of things we wrote down for freedom here. Uh, I, I think we're going to take communion here in just a second. Um, uh, this one would really hit hard. Uh, community, I think, is important to freedom. Uh, birds of a feather flock together, and... Uh, you need people that will pursue what you're pursuing, what you're choosing. Um, especially if you're young, you need to find a community that won't live in compromise. Yeah. And if your community's in compromise, like be the difference. Yeah. Especially here, like I hear of upper rumors and things that happen on the peripheral, and man, we've got to be above reproach. Yes. Like truly. Yes. Um, and so I think community is so, so vital. Um, that's another one. But do you want to share any of the others? I would love for you to talk more because you're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pass out communion? 
Yeah, we can pass that out. I just, I think something that I want you to walk away with tonight. I want you to know, the Bible says that he called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And if you have, if you're living in darkness, if there are things going on in your inside world that are dark, I want you to know unequivocally that is not your inheritance. Now, it may be a battle. It may be a, it may be a journey walking out of that. It may be painful to your flesh. It may mean a death to yourself, a death to all kinds of things, but it is not your inheritance in Christ to have any darkness in your life. Any darkness. Any darkness. Any darkness. There are things that come against me, but they don't inhabit me and my world. Say that again. There are things that come against me there's times when I feel darkness pressing in this way or that, coming through that door or that door, but they don't take up residence in my world. They will not, they cannot inhabit my world. What if it is inhabiting someone's world? If it is inhabiting, I would say you need to know that, that Christ paid for complete freedom out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I want you to ask him, Lord, have I partnered with this darkness in any way? Is there any open door in my life? Is there anything that I have not let go of, that I have not surrendered, that has allowed this darkness to hang out in my world? Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I would also say uh, <laughs> the cross is so crucial. We're about to... to to do this in remembrance of what he's done. But you know what the Lord loves <laughs> to work with? He actually does his best work with this. He does his best work with dead things. And I would say that, that us, that scripture, another scripture that hit me in that hour when I was reading scripture all the time and just like really getting my identity in the word was Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I think that confession is a confession of surrender. It's a, it's a reality that disarms darkness in our lives because we're actually surrendering to his death. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been purchased by Christ's death. His death was my death. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Some of you just need to eat that up this week. I'll write it down. Write it down. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You know that song? No one. The and life the I, live I live in the flesh, I live, the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son, faith, of, God son of God, who loved me and gave, and gave himself for me. Yeah, Google that one. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to, can you put uh, Luke 17, uh, uh, 32 and 33 up? I've been crucified with Christ. This is Jesus talking about the last days. And he makes this interesting comment right before he says something that we're used to hearing a lot. He says, remember Lot's wife. 
Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. Remember Lot's wife? She got rescued from a horribly evil, dark place. And the one instruction was, don't look back. Run to the hills. And when Jesus rescues you and pulls you out of darkness, so good. he says, remember Lot's wife, don't look back back and it's a play on words do you see because whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it whoever loses life will preserve it she turned into what salt salt which is a preservative and so when you come to christ when he pulls you out of darkness into his (laughs) that took a second wait wait. tiktok tiktok put that one on that is like one of those Boom! When, 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 wow, she when, turned into a preservative. She, because, because she, she was, was trying to preserve, to preserve something there. You cannot. This is what I had done for a whole decade. Is that I was, I was. There was still part of me that was holding on to something. My right to something. My, my how I imagined life was owed to me or what I expected it to be or I don't know what but if you come out of darkness you don't try to preserve anything back there because why it's dark it's nasty it's wicked it's all of it it's dead I've been crucified with Christ so you come out and you don't Look back to preserve anything. It's what, it's what you were saying during worship. that there's, It's not like the erase pen where you can still seal. It's not a bad dry erase board. It's like it, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. And, and so you come into his marvelous light. And you it's a complete letting go. That's the thing about the gospel. It's like I always want to say I'm sorry, not sorry. But it's like it's a wholesale thing. That's the way to true freedom is it's a complete letting go. And, you know, I was talking with a precious girl this morning. She said, I really, I really want to let go, but I want you to pray for me. I'm kind of afraid. Like, I'm afraid God has a bad life for me if I totally let go, which is an honest thing. Has anyone felt that? And I just want you to know he's a good father. And he sees the heart that says, I want to let go. And I'm kind of afraid. But if you say, I want to let go and I'm willing, can you help me let go, Lord? Oh, he will answer you. He will answer you. That one phrase, I'm willing. I want to, I'm willing. I don't really know how, but I'm willing. Oh, light will flood your soul and he will answer you. It may not be in the exact moment, but he will answer you. It's for freedom that he came to set you free. And I just, I want you to hear us say tonight that it's your inheritance, it's your right to be free in Christ. To be bound to nothing but him. To not have darkness in your life. And maybe it takes time, maybe it's a journey, maybe it's a daily tethering, but I will not look at you and say, yeah, you're going to have this. You're going to have this. It's going to be with you forever. No, he's going to be with you forever. 
still on. Amen. <laughs> I'm still remembering Lot's wife. It's so powerful. And then he says, we're the salt of the earth. And light. Wow. So good. Let's take communion. Jesus, you're so good. Jesus, you said a broken heart and contrite spirit you won't turn away, you won't despise. You're so tender. Jesus, you're so tender, you're so kind. You're so merciful, you're so loving. And this meal represents all of those things. You're better than we know. And you are jealous for the journey. You're jealous for the season. I feel for some of you, the Lord is declaring that the season's changing tonight, and it's changing because you're choosing to change it. You're choosing to change it by surrendering your will. Even as we surrender our will, just if you're willing, I want you to surrender your own devices to freedom. Your own ways of conjuring up freedom. Every other way. There's only one way. Only one with the keys. Only one. There's only one. There's only one with scars in his hands, his feet, his side. Only one that holds the keys to release the captives. Yes. I just see people and I see you in captivity trying to open your own door with little tools, little nail clippers and little sticks and things that will never unlock prison doors. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that this bread represents your body, Lord, broken for us. Jesus. A body that you had prepared. Jesus. A body that fulfilled fully the will of God on earth, that uh, every commandment was fulfilled. It was blameless and spotless. Jesus. It was the perfect sacrifice because he was the perfect human being. <laughs> he took on your imperfections. He took on your weakness. He took on and became your sin in Jesus. his body. And so Lord, this broken body, we take it in remembrance of what you've accomplished for us. 
And we bless you, Jesus, and declare it's like my bread is to do the will of my Father, that this bread will empower us, Lord, into your will, that our wills become yours. And so we surrender, Lord, once again, and we receive your body broken for all. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Receive the bread. I also want to just, it's on my heart, one of the things the bread sets us free from, uh, it's, it, we're not going to get too deep into this, but healing. I believe the Lord, one of the areas of freedom he wants to sanctify and grow us in is understanding uh, the, in the atonement is healing, in the, in the new covenant is healing for generational diseases, for chronic diseases, for uh, emotional diagnosis. Just believe that the, the, the bread and body of the Lord uh, heals us as by his stripes we have been healed and so just to go on a journey to get a revelation of that for yourself around the table Lord we just pray for healing uh, for anyone that needs it in this room in Jesus name and now we submit to your blood Lord I want to pray for that honey Lord, we say to you, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Let no, let us owe nothing to no one and no one owe anything to us except to love like you've loved us, Lord. We ask, even as we take your blood, would you let us see your mercy afresh, Lord. Your grace, your mercy, the power of your blood. Even before we take it, I just encourage you to release all over the room, release forgiveness. Any place where there's hurt in your heart, any place where you've harbored something, you don't want to be before the Lord and withhold forgiveness from anyone. We didn't deserve it, Jesus. And whoever we may be forgiving, they may not deserve it. But we just acknowledge that your blood is sufficient. Mm. Thank you, Father. the blood. I know you guys, when Peter was here, how many of you were here when Peter preached on a Sunday night? Y'all had a fire tunnel, didn't you? I heard things got pretty wild. Um, 
I want to pray for two people, two groups of people. One, I want to pray for those that uh, have have never had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, like you look at your life and you're like, man, I, I, I hear people talk about an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to have that. I want to pray for you tonight, uh, just in faith that the Lord. It may happen when we lay hands on you. It may happen in the car. It may happen tonight when you go to bed. I'm not putting a press on this moment, but that you're saying, Lord, invade my space. Holy Spirit, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. Come and knock down my theological grids, walls. If this is real, I want it for freedom's sake. So if that's you, I feel faith in my heart that the Lord is ready. And so if you're ready for that, and I'm not just talking about those that are just here to, you know, get a fresh touch. I mean, you've never had that. It's not that you're not born again. You just know there's more and you're here to find it. Would you stand to your feet? Because we want to pray for you. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. There's absolutely like this is the best invitation ever. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. If someone's standing up by you and you came with them, would you just stand up and place a hand if you know them? Would you stand up and place a hand? Okay. Um, and now if you don't know them, would you stand up and just extend your hand to them? <clears throat> Can someone hop on the piano for me? Reese, you want to pray for them? And then just if you would put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Um, Luke 11 says that this is the gift that he sent to us. How much more will the Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? And um, so, Lord, we just pray for the in you and with you presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said you would baptize us with your Holy Spirit. That you would ask the Father and he would send the precious Holy Spirit.